Welcome to the Sales Career Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Hopp. Whether you're an executive, sales leader, or just getting your career in sales started, I'm here to help you read between the lines and hear the real stories that you can't get from a resume or from a LinkedIn profile, all designed to help you shape your own sales career. Let's dive right into today's episode and see what we can learn. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sales Career Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hopp. Today, I have on the pod someone that I've followed for many years here, and I'm very happy to have joining us. He's currently at JB Sales Training, where he wears many, many different hats, including Master of Ceremonies, uh, Director of Business Development, Partner Manager, in charge of sales execution evolution, among many, many other things. Um, Everybody, please welcome the great and powerful James Buckley. <laughs> hey man, that's a hell of an intro. Great and powerful. I hope I hope I live up to the hype. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, everyone listening, that's uh, a male aged anywhere from twenty five to forty, probably can tell which podcast I steal that from. I, I didn't create that great and powerful one. It's uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan, by the way. Joe Rogan's is great and powerful. It's a great, great way to start it. But hey, James, thanks for um, thanks for giving a few minutes today. Your sales career has been interesting and now now you're in this role in JB Sales it's very very open ended it seems you're doing a lot of different things how did yeah. you get into sales in the first place though like let's let's start there like were you always yeah. going to be a sales well, guy or no not at all so i spent 15 years in the kitchen before professionally joining the sales environment in the SaaS and technology space but in and out of that 15 years i would leave the kitchen for 6 months to a year or so and go do b2b door to door and and B to C door to door, and 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 residential and business, and that that was like where I cut my teeth in sales. Uh, so I did that for AT and T, where I was doing phone lines. Uh, we were with a third party vendor called Winstead Marketing here out of Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, and then I even did the vacuum sales thing too, door to door residential selling Kirby vacuums with a, a small company called Ultimate Technologies. Uh, that's where you like pile everybody in a van and just drop everyone off in random neighborhoods and they canvas the area and kill vacuums that belong to people. I don't know if anyone knows that, but shout out to all the former vacuum cleaner salespeople out there. I feel your vibe. <laughs> wow. And then and then and then also I did uh pest control. I did a I did a very prominent pest control company and that was door-to-door residential and it was a blast. So I did really well in all three of those roles uh which kind of set me up nicely for a career in SaaS and tech sales. Incredible, incredible. Um interesting. SaaS and tech sales. Is there a lot of that in Tennessee? Not really. Uh so in 2000 14, I graduated from Maryville College right here local in my little town of Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, they pronounce it Merville here. And uh, I, 2014, I graduate. I'm like 34, 35 years old. Uh, and I see a former college kid that I went to school with post on Facebook that his company was hiring salespeople. And I responded in a comment and I said, I'm interested. Hit me up. Uh, his name is Alan Brady. And we're still friends today. Hit me up and said, I want to introduce you to Zach. Zach Metters was the director of business development at Cirrus Insight, which was started uh, right out of Irvine, California. And the co-founder moved his family to Knoxville so that his wife could teach at a local college. And we built the sales and marketing team here out of Knoxville and the product development and software engineers all existed in Irvine, California. So 
Between the two teams, we managed to build a $15 million ARR organization, and I believe it recently merged with Zenbit. So I uh, made my exit from there. I was there for four years and made my exit over to Ringlead. Learned a lot about data orchestration and what that looks like for companies from top to bottom, where it comes from, where it goes, why it matters. Uh, and I did that for a year. And then I came on at JB Sales, and it's probably the best job in my life. John's going to have to fire me, and I'm probably going to make it uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, let's hope you don't get fired anytime soon. Uh, it's It's been interesting. Uh, one of the things that I, I absolutely want to hear about is your personal brand, right? Do you yeah. say what sales Buckley? What's got me, what, what I will never forget, what I've always talked about uh, when, I, when I talk about you to other people is if you're a salesperson, we're the same person. It's how you signed That's off me. every video you used to do, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you used to do a lot more videos on like Instagram and stuff. I still do a, quite a bit on Instagram. Um, I've taken up doing a lot of reels. Right now I'm doing this whole series of the discovery question of the day. So every day, Monday through Friday, at some point during the day, I do a quick reel and I deliver a discovery question of the day. How to use it, why to use it, when to use it, and what scenarios does it work. Uh, and all of these questions came from our audience at JB Sales when we did a webinar on discovery. So we asked them, what are your go-to discovery questions? And we got a hundred and three great discovery questions from our audience directly. Uh, so that was fantastic to be able to do one a day now for you know, 103 straight days. This is the discovery question of the day. Lots of salespeople going and putting those into practice right away. So a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. Where did you get the idea to kind of double down on, on your personal brand? And, and do you think it's an important thing for people to do in their sales career? So I think if you are a smart career-minded individual, whether you're in sales or not, you are aware that your personal brand is a digital representation of your professional self. That is 100% true, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer or in retail. If you're a professional anything out there, you should have a representative of yourself out there, something out there that says, I do this, I'm valuable. I am a subject matter export and or I'm a learner and here's what I'm learning about. Please connect with me. Help me learn. Right. These is this is how people are viewed through the lens of the public today. So I talk a lot about a human sales cycle. Right. If you look at a sales cycle online and you Google sales cycle or sales funnel and then you click images, what you'll see is a shitload of marketing created sales funnels. If this, then that, if this, then that, there's all these like little shoot offs. It's very complicated. There's thousands of them out there, but a seller that sells from the front line really should be focused in 2022 on a singular sales cycle. When it comes to building the brand, your content is the road to the connection and that connection should lead to some sort of conversation. That conversation is where we have a chance to build a relationship. Some people label this as trust. And once we have that trust, we should have no problem asking for or uncovering opportunity. And the law of averages says the more opportunities we have, the more sales we make. So the more new connections I can make thanks to my content, the more opportunities I will earn if I work that very simple sales funnel. Hmm. So content is a way to get more sales. It's a way to get more, it's a way to earn more opportunities. I say this in my personal branding course, right? Everybody has this misconception that opportunities are created as if they're created from nothing. 
It's not so. They're earned through great discovery, good conversation, rapport building, conversations that are not self-centered and self-serving. They're earned, not created, right? From a personal brand perspective, if you're trying to chase less deals and have them come to you, then you should be creating content that's a representation of your professional self and putting it out there and using all the big SEO search engine optimization tactics that you can use to be able to draw people towards you because new connections lead to new conversations that lead to new opportunities. 100% of the time, every time. I don't care where you are in business, that is true 100% of the time. You can't have new business without new conversations. And you can't get those conversations without new connections. I can work it backwards, I can work it forwards. It's true every time. <laughs> well, I mean, there's gotta be a salesperson listening to this that's thinking, well, James, I don't, I don't need to build a personal brand because I have MQLs. I, nice. I have inbound leads. That's great, that's great. I'm, I'm, I think, I'm just calling I think people we're seeing, I think we're seeing very naturally in the space of sales, a separation, uh, a, a pull apart in the trunk as the tree of sales grows. And what's happening is we're seeing in one direction that fork is leading to inbound leads that get handed to inbound sellers that are probably have to be a little bit more transactional. So you're calling and saying, I got your form. I'm calling to answer your questions. If this person is like, I don't have time for this. That's an inbound lead. I got a million of those waiting for me in the queue. I'm, I'm, probably, I'm probably just moving on with my time. Mm -hmm. Maybe I come back to him the next day, maybe I don't. It's okay because I have so many, right? But if I'm an outbound seller, you have to create interest and get attention from somebody that had no plans to give you any today. And that looks completely different. And you need both in 2022. You must have both because your marketing team is doing a great job creating content and driving engagement. If somebody raises their hand enough times, takes an action enough times, hasn't a high enough score, if you're one of the score people out there like us, that's wonderful. That's an inbound MQL that someone can reach out and really engage with because they're like, hey, talk to me. But if I have no idea your call is coming, well, well shit, man, that looks way different. <laughs> right, right. And it's so, harder to track. So in your sales career, from what I've heard, you had to do a lot of that. Right, a lot of the, let me knock on your door and say. Oh man, let me tell you, getting in somebody's door when you're a big guy like me is tough. <laughs> I, I can imagine. So so do you think that that was pretty foundational to how you ended up kind of in the role you are today where you're evangelizing the idea of outbound and the idea of branding as a way to do this? Like, did you have to start with the vacuum cleaner sales or what's a, what's a modern equivalent to that if I'm a, a seller that's looking to build outbound skills? So I actually, I think I draw a lot from my cooking experience as well. So I was a leader in the kitchen, right? I could do all the stations, all the fry station, the grill station, the flat top, the salamander, the hot table, all of it I could do, right? So because that was true, I was coming in every day just trying to have a good time in the kitchen. I had a great crew at everywhere I went, I would create these games in the kitchen that we would play and we would have a blast. Dude, my personality is what shined through when I made that switch over to sales. Because my tones, my inflections, the way I speak to people, the energy I give them is what I get back. In most instances, obviously statistical outliers who woke up on the wrong side of the bed exist. I'm not, nobody, nobody's liked by all, right? Like that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying though, is that 
I believe that my communication, somebody come in the kitchen, they'd be like, I need this burger remade stat. And you're like, heard burger, it's down eight minutes. This type of communication, this transparency, this big time like back and forth feeds really well into the sales career. If you think about a cold call, we have this terrible habit of being like, hi, my name is and I'm with and we do. No one cares, man. Stop this, right? If you're out there and you're listening to this and that's your opener, stop it immediately. Instead, thank someone for taking the call and ask them if they have a moment. That's way better. You're looking for yes, no, or fuck off. Like that's pretty much the three answers that matter most. And it's okay if yes, keep talking. If no or fuck off, it's all right because you're probably gonna call them back in a couple of days and they don't even remember you. This is right. the mentality we have to have. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting how that that tied to your non-sales experience, so to speak, right? Like your, yeah. your experience in the kitchen, which was not in a quota attaining role or quota carrying role, actually oh. helped build the right kind of habits and the right kind of nature about you that's helpful yeah. when you're when you're doing sales. That's right. That's right. I think, and I think, I think being able to manage something consistently with a routine throughout the day is helpful. You know, in the kitchen, you get into your rhythm. You're looking at your screen, your tickets are coming in, whichever one you might be using. I've done both. And you're managing the day. You're putting the tickets up in the order in which you're going to drop stuff. You're putting the plates together, sliding it up. The same thing is happening in sales. I'm coming in in the morning and I'm spending my first hour doing some content. Okay, great. Now that I've done the content, I got to do some outreach. So I'm following up with the things from yesterday that scored high. All right, I'm done following up with that stuff. Let's do some cold outreach here. I'm going to do an hour cold call block, right? And you're doing these things over and over, over and over throughout your day. The problem is we expect results with one action. That's what I've learned in my sales career over time is that it takes lots of actions. This is why building a brand is so impactful because my brand is more consistent than that one action that I take. That's right. Interesting. And I, I see that. And, uh, you know, selfishly, that's what I'm trying to do, too. Right? Yeah. Um, You're doing a I, great job. I see you everywhere, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to be everywhere. I tell you what, uh, my my big goal, you know, and uh, goals are only goals if you write them down and talk about them, right? Like my big goal is to double my LinkedIn following in 2022. So, okay. Like I want I've got 10,100 right now. As of, you know, January 1st, 2023, I want to be 20,200. So add the actions underneath the goal, Kev. Add the action. Now you have the goal. I want to double mm -hmm. my following. Take yeah. three bullet points and come up with three actions that you're going to take every day that are going to help you achieve that goal. It's a good, good way to look at it. One of them is, is this podcast, right? Like I, yes. I, I'm going to do one podcast a week uh, and that's, that's huge, right? Because the, the podcast is not just going to be a podcast where some people – who are particularly sales nerdy are going to sit down and listen to the whole long form podcast for sure. And I, I love you guys for subscribing. It, it might be just my mom, my dad, and my, my best friends, but we'll see. <laughs> but the, the best part of, that's going to come out of this is, is going to be micro content, right? Uh, I'm going to give you a clip after this. The best thing we said, I'm going to have a clip, put it out there. That micro content should go like this. Yeah. To your 24,000 followers, to my 10,000 followers. We'll put it on Twitter. It'll go everywhere. So right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting big on content for 2022. Um, so so I, I'll, I, tell you that, I'll tell yeah. you that the long tail of having a podcast is just as valuable, if not more valuable. 
The long tail. Make your list of subscribers and constantly deliver things like newsletters and insights and invites to events that you think they would find interesting. All this stuff is stuff that leads to that top of the funnel and those hand raisers. Right, right. Which ultimately are people that might want to work with me for sales consulting, right? Like I think that's that's part of what I do that a lot of other people do. It's just my brand is like the, you know, different flavor of ice cream. Well, so the other thing that you're talking about, though, that I think you're you're sub talking about is what sales can do for us long term from a life perspective. Right. So I do this math with lots of people and I tell them, all right, let's say for the sake of argument that you charge one hundred dollars an hour for consulting of any kind for something you're an expert in. Let's just put the label on sales because we're in a sales podcast and that makes sense. But let's say that you charge $100 an hour and you schedule five calls Monday through Friday a day. Well, that all by itself is $25,000, right? Just in one week. Now let's say that there's 52 weeks in the year and you don't plan on taking a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. That math is $130,000. Most sellers work 10, 15 years at a company before they reach a six figure salary. Really? Yeah, so? a lot of sellers. A lot wow. of sellers. You'd be surprised how many people make six figure salaries but take home 75. Especially now, now this might not be true in today's world. Today's world, the economics are bananas. But if you're an individual and you're looking to get out there and start your thing and become a consultant, 130K a year is nothing to sneeze at. Right. Right. And all that math is pretty based. It's pretty simple to manage because all you're saying is here, schedule that one hour and it's a hundred bucks. Right. And, And how many people that would look at an experienced individual that's got, let's say a decade worth of sales behind them. And they'd be like, I would love to learn what that guy knows, that lady knows, how could they help me? What could, what top 10 lessons could they give me? Is it worth a thousand dollars for me to schedule 10 calls with them? Well, if I've got $5 million invested in my business and I'm looking to make it a $15,000, million ARR next year, I'll pay that. That's right. cheap consulting. Oh, that makes, that makes Even if I sense. come up with one idea that gets me a million dollars in the bank at the end of the year, that's worth it. <laughs> I, I, you know, one of the, the best things about what, what I do is it's pretty binary, right? Like what I, I help people with uh, outbound process and strategy. It's, it's a binary thing. Either you have new pipeline or you don't, right? And uh, the math of sales never lies. So I'm, I'm big into math. Um, Morgan, Morgan right now is on this big math pump. And I, I'm starting to see it too, because it makes a lot of sense when I look at what's actually getting meetings booked on my calendar. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's happening in those time periods where I'm disconnected from a project and I'm just zeroed in on like new people. Who can I talk to that I don't know? And the more of those I'm hitting, the higher my connection rate is, you know? That's right. So talk to me a little bit about um, Serious Insight. You were there for a long time. Uh, yeah. It's pretty rare That's in tech I sales. 
it's it's rare for someone to be in a in a tech sales role for for more than two to three years. Like that that's pretty rare in in the SaaS industry. Yeah. So what what was it about Serious Insight? It looks like you moved up there too. What was it that like kept you around to the point of being there for basically four years? Loyalty. Uh, so I think uh, I'm probably a rare seller in the sense, and it was I did that math wrong by the way. I just realized I said twenty five thousand was twenty five hundred a week if you did that. So just to rewind that and bring it back. Um, I'm not a mental math guy, so I wasn't checking your mental math. <laughs> well, so I, I said it, and then I was a mental math person for a moment, and I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, wrong but, math. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Brandon Bruce was the co-founder that I met here, and his VP of marketing at the time was Jason Hubbard. These two guys were the guys that really thought I was I had a future in this. And then my immediate supervisor, Zach Metters, and I became instant friends. And we were sitting in a room together, like as a group of cold callers and emailers. And Zach was very big on like, hey, if I don't hear you making the calls at the end of the week, when you don't have the meetings, I'm going to say to you, well, I don't hear you making the calls. We're all in the same room. Like he was a realist. So I got this great experience, this entree into SaaS and technology right here in my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had this guy that was like very realistic about expectations, about, you know, the things that we had to do, the metrics, the KPIs. He had a dashboard set up for me so that I could like monitor my own progress. He showed me everything I needed to know to not need him. So I remember one of the things that he did that was really great, and he did this with everybody that he brought in, was he would be like, you have 30 days to ask me anything you want. You're a full-time employee here, 30 days, ask me whatever you want. There are no dumb questions. At the end of that 30 days, if you ask me a question and it's not a good question, I will say, let me Google that for you. Well, let me just tell you, Kev, that only has to happen once, maybe twice before you're like, fuck yeah. that. I'm never going to that dude. I'm going to Google everything first before I do anything else. I love so that. there was this like shift in my brain of like, I don't need somebody to help me be successful. Yeah. Zach gave me that. And then to boot at the same time, I had Brandon and Jason who were like, prop like seriously putting me out there hey man you want to go to this city you want to go to this event you want to rep us you want to get out there and do the carnival yell thing that you do and i'd be like yeah zach and i hit planes for two years traveled around the world twice just doing events holding starbucks gift cards in front of us going free starbucks and scanning people at salesforce world tour shows and then following up with them after the event now nah, don't worry you don't need to see a demo we'll connect later have a great time they don't give a shit they don't want to stand at your booth for 30 minutes. They want to go hang out with their friends and socialize and have a drink. Let them go do it. Scan their badge and let them move the hell on. <laughs> so we would come back from these shows with like 4,000 leads. And then we would just hammer the phones, man. Hey, great to meet you at the show. People would call and be like, I heard you met James and Zach at the show. I'd be like, oh, those guys were great. You know, it was, it, you know, that kind of experience was what showed me the value of being a personable memorable individual in the space of sales. Zig Ziglar, all the names that you think of when it comes to like, you know, Chet Holmes, I, you know, even if I hate to mention it, Grant Cardone, right? The big names, John Barrows, Morgan J. Ingram. When, when yeah. you see these people, that you remember them because of the impact that they have. Doing all those shows showed me the impact I could have on others. And I just channeled that into this other thing. I love it. I love it. That's that's incredible. It's um, it seems like you had a, an organization in Cirrus that 
leaned in and gave you a lot of opportunity because that one of the things that I've I've looked at that part of the reason I started this podcast I'm fascinated how people's careers go right most people yeah. tend to go forward some people looks like they do the same job for a long long time it's kind of a head scratcher but people that stay at a company for a long time there needs to be a level of advancement and the level of advancement probably means that these people are investing in you and they trust you right so there has to be this like mutual feeling of trust between the two of you like your your management and you where it's an understanding that hey I, i'm doing my best i'm trying hard you know i guess the question could come to you did you hit your quota every single month at serious insight i'm gonna guess so, the answer is no it's no of course not i missed it right. several times and that was yeah. okay like you know i hit it 80 percent of the time my first year out the second year out, I hit it 87 or 90% of the time, something like that. And then in the third year, it was like bananas because I really had it dialed in. But at that time also, they had tried to move me up to account executive and I didn't really care for that role. I didn't like that part of the job. I wasn't ready for it yet. I did it later, but at the moment I was like, nah, you know, I really just want to keep doing this thing. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I come in every day amped at like 5.30 in the morning. like. You guys seem to like me. Let's keep doing this. Right? Yeah. Like, and what was that? That was kind of top of funnel. Top of the funnel. Yeah. Literally cold calls, cold emails, prospecting on LinkedIn, like reaching out, starting new conversations. I was using a product at the time called Dial Source. I think it's called something else now. Um, but, but I, I mean, like, dude, I was a phone guy. I was hitting yeah. three, four, 500 calls a day sometimes, you know, yeah. just because like I'm sitting there, I have this big list. No one else wants to make the calls. I'm happy to make the call. No problem. <laughs> uh, look, uh, if everyone had that attitude, there'd be a lot less need for, for the gurus out there to teach people what's up because it, it's, it seems complicated, but it's really not. Um, yeah, if you want to be productive, have conversations with people that you haven't had conversations with in sales. Well, Cirrus, Cirrus gave me a platform to build Say What Sales, and they allowed me to travel and meet people that would later become contributors to my brand. Being able to hold my phone in front of my face and go live on LinkedIn for a moment from Dreamforce with Morgan, with Lucas, with John, you know, these are the types of things that people should be able to do so that they can advance in their career. It's up to the company whether or not that person's career continues to advance with them. Mm -hmm. They can embrace that or they can turn it away. Jason, the VP of marketing, eventually left Cirrus Insight. The person that replaced him was not so excited about Say What Sales. They did not appreciate that I was competing with their exposure. They did not appreciate that no one knew who the marketing team was, but they all knew who I was when they came to the website, right? right. They didn't like that. In the end, I ended up parting ways, you know, and that's okay. I had, I had in my mind, I had already moved on anyway. And that was all right. We have yeah. to be able we have to be able to admit to ourselves that there are lots of companies out there that we can go work for. We have to work for the right company. The right company will embrace what you want out of the job, out of the role. The wrong company will tell you, no, you can't strive for better. You have to do this thing. <laughs> Interesting. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So you say the right company. It's a it's something that like when people when salespeople have come to me and I've I've mentored a good amount of BDR type salespeople and I've hired and trained a lot of BDRs. When when they when they ask me, you know, how do I find the right company or or is this the right company? I always 
I, I always ask them the question of, did you find this opportunity or did this opportunity find you? So what, is, what are your thoughts? Question. Yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, right? Like, I, are you the kind of person that finds a job or do you wait for jobs to come to you? Yeah, so the reason I'm at this job with JB Sales Training is that I worked for four years, five years, to get on the radar and earn a spot on this team. My personal brand became what it was. And when it did, I found Morgan and I found John and I found the team at JB Sales. And before I knew it, I was at all their things. I was using their stuff. I was giving them credit. I was making introductions. I was like constantly looking at their content and liking it and making comments and sharing it. I was inviting people to their events with me saying, I'll be in the chat. Let's hang out there. Right? Like it became this thing for me that I was like, I would love to do this. I could tell the whole story about how I met John and I, I decided in 2016 that I would work for him one day. But it took me four years to earn this spot. I found the culture I thought I would fit in and I, I strived for it. I mean, and that's the an incredible story. It, the culture fit part of it has to be there if you are going to give a shit about the winning and losing of everyone on the team. Right, right. Um... That's a, uh, I mean, that, that story, and I, I've kind of watched this from afar, right? I, I've seen yeah. all the stuff that you've been doing. I've been following you forever. When I saw that you started working there, the first thing I said was, duh. Like, I was <laughs> like, this is like the most like, no duh thing I've ever seen uh, ever. When, you yeah. know, John revealed, you guys were in Vegas, I think. We were. And you were there. And I was like, dude, of course James works there. Like, John is building yeah. like this awesome ecosystem of like the, 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 brightest and most fun minds in sales well um, it's definitely the most fun i can tell you that much I, if there is anything about this organization and like what we're trying to put out there that i can stress to your audience here mm -hmm. it's that this job is supposed to be fun exciting and profitable if you're not having those three things happen in your life and you're in sales you're doing it wrong come see us <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's such a simple pitch too. Like I hope people really take that to heart that um, yeah, I, I can echo that from my experience. The sales jobs where I couldn't wait to, to leave to where I wasn't having fun, right? Uh, and you, you do have to have a few different levels of, you know, the things that are involved to get people to stay. You, you probably have to enjoy your management, get along with your manager and have a healthy relationship with your manager or boss. Well, let me tell you why I stayed at Cirrus since you asked, because yeah. I feel like this is important for people to know. I stayed at Cirrus when I started there prior to working in Cirrus Insight, I was making $15,000 a year and I was on welfare. Whoa. I was a full-time student with four kids. I was trying to put myself through school, working a part-time job, cooking at a little hole in the wall restaurant here in Tennessee, feeding mostly seniors. This was my life. Then I graduate and I was making, and this was my starting salary at Cirrus, $30,000 a year plus commission. Mm -hmm. That was more money than I had. That was twice what I was making without the commission just right. prior to that. So I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Right? And I live in Tennessee. I don't know if you know anything about living in Tennessee, but the cost of living here is very cheap. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, this is amazing. I'm never going to leave this job. Well, I crush it the first year. Like I said, like 80% hit my, my attain my goal, my goal, the amount of revenue generated from source to leads that I had spoken to was bananas. And they were like, Hey, we're going to give you a $10,000 raise. So now my commission stays the same and I'm up to 40 K a year plus commission. And I'm like, 
dude, I'm never going to leave. Like, if I get a $10,000 bonus, $10,000 raise every year, amazing. My third year, same thing. Shout out Brandon Bruce. Like, I was worth it in his mind. He yeah. saw it himself when he would come to the shows with us, when he would see what that top of the funnel lead flow did. He would appreciate it. And I'm, now I'm at 50K plus commission, but this time my commission is a little higher. Then the next year, I'm closing deals now. So it's completely different, right? This was more money than I had ever thought about making as somebody that had no education and had done door-to-door, B2B, and just for, like, fun. And I did well. I thought I did well. I had no idea what good money in sales looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I mean, this is a uh, – I really – if you know anybody, I would like to speak to somebody who's not in SaaS sales about this. Like, I want to get someone on the pod that's, like, mm. the copy guy or, like, the – you know, Yeah. The, the vacuum yeah. guy because it's um, you I, should I always talk to Dale Dupree. Oh, Dale Dupree of uh, Sales Rebellion. Yeah, he he trains all types of companies, not just SaaS. You should definitely talk to Dale. I'm going to connect with Dale. Um, but uh, on this point of, I always wondered like why people would work in other than SaaS. Because when I when I graduated college, when I was in school, I was lucky enough to take classes like the sale of high technology products. That was an actual class that I took at UC Santa Barbara. And it Amazing. was, it was the professor is a venture capitalist, John Greathouse uh, of Rincon Venture Partners. So I had a VC teaching me about SaaS sales and I had an internship at a few different SaaS companies in town. So I, I, I learned that software's got like a 98% margin and software is like eating the world. It's the new standard oil. Like look at the biggest companies in the world. It's not, it's not it's not physical products anymore. It's tech, right? So I, I I always think to myself when I see see people that are not in tech sales, I'm like, have you thought about going into tech sales? Especially now that like everything's remote. Like you know, uh, an account uh, account executive, if you have experience in sales, is like seventy five to eighty to ninety k in a so, mid market role. Just so base. so we're seeing what we're seeing is people that want to get into sales and SaaS and tech go through our filling the funnel program in the membership mm -hmm. and then they use the skills there to prospect their way into the role. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I love that you guys have a component to JB sales where anybody can go and just get into the, the LMS that's style right. thing that you guys have and, and like, yeah, that's right. Brush up so it's stuff. not an LMS. It's actually more like uh, Disney plus it's more like uh, like a streaming type thing. And we're adding a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'll be hosting over a hundred events in 2022 uh, for those of you out there that want to check this out, feel free. It's joinjbsales.com, uh, and that's our membership. You get access to everything that we do. It's dope as shit to be up in there. Plus, we just added the weekly Ask Me Anything sessions that are live. They're a lot of fun. We're having people bring real deals into those. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, we could probably talk forever, which uh, you know we should do at some point. I, I'd love to sit down with a, a glass of bourbon with you one day. We'll, we'll do Ooh. that. We'll, Talking about later. Tech event. Yeah, that could be really fun. Uh, but I do want to wrap up here. So I have three questions that I ask every guest. Let's go. Uh, so the first one, what's the biggest commission check that you've ever gotten? Mm, 27K. Ooh, that's a nut. That's nice. Yeah, it was a good one. 27K. Did you do anything special with that? Did you buy the pool table behind you? 
No, that came when my father passed. He left me some money, and that was that was what he always wanted was a pool table. So I bought that when he passed. Uh, the twenty seven K came from a company that I set up through a tweet. I, I managed to start this deal off of Twitter, wow. um, and it took a, it took about three months to close the deal, but it closed at two hundred and seventy K. So that was my cut twenty seven K ten percent. Love it. <laughs> that is great. Um, cool. So the the next question I have is, what has been your favorite job? And I, I've been looking forward to asking you this question because you've had a lot of different a jobs. Lot. And it sounded like you, you liked a lot of your before sales jobs. So what has been yeah. your favorite job you've had in your life? Yeah, so I'm going to give you two because I want to I want to give you the first one and have it complement the one that's my new favorite. So my the first one I'm going to give you is that I, my first job was a bag boy at public supermarkets in South Florida, in the crossings in Miami, and I loved that job so much because it was a routine that constantly put me in front of strangers to entertain them and have fun and make them smile, and I loved that. I was 15 years old, and that go bag it give someone a laugh, take them out to their car, shake their hand, get a tip, come back, do it all again, was like, it was like butter for me. I did it for like two years. It was amazing. Wow. Uh, I think what that did for me was it gave me the skill of building rapport very quickly, which of course led me to sales and top of the funnel sales specifically. But then also what it's given way to is this hosting and master of ceremonies gig that I've got now. And I never thought a sales career would take me to that media host type of status. You know, you think about all the hosts that we know and love, Oprah Winfrey, Johnny Carson, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, David Letterman, Jay Leno, like, you know, even like talk show hosts like Jerry Springer and Maury Povich have their place, right? But when you think about hosting and, and masters of ceremonies, like who would think that sales would lead you to that? I, so that's my yeah. new favorite gig is hosting and being master of ceremonies at all of the events that we do because engaging with all these strangers at once is like the biggest dopamine hit in the world for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that's really interesting. So I guess the last question, which you know you might have hinted at it, the last question is if, if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing with your time? Oh, so I would want to be a televised – uh, travel tour guide. I would want to take people places in like all over the globe and learn the histories about these places and take people and share those stories and those histories with them while we go see these places. I spend a lot of time in West Africa. I spend a lot of time in Ireland. Uh, and I absolutely love historical documents and the things that we know about history and the debates that we have on whether or not something took place. I think I would make an incredibly entertaining an engaging tour guide. So I would do that for sure. Look, I'd watch that show. You know, J James Buckley takes on Scotland like that. that I'm tuning in. Well, Why not? I don't know if I could. I would be drunk the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whiskey does flow like water. I don't think I would make it past the Lagavulin distillery. I'll be honest. I'd probably just hang out there. <laughs> right. Man, wouldn't that be fun? Well, well, James, it's been it's been a great time. Thanks for for joining me today, and uh, let everyone know once again what's the, what's the best way to connect with you. 
on social yeah media so hit me on instagram at say what sales you can always follow me on linkedin james say what sales buckley say what sales is all one word if you just look at that like google it i am everywhere uh you can always call me i love a good cold call 305-632-6005 if i don't answer leave a message because messages matter uh, or you can email me, james at jbarrows.com. And you want to sign up to be a member with us at joinjbsales.com. $365, a dollar a day, all year access, and you get access to me directly. And I've never met a stranger, and let's have some fun this year, huh? Uh, that has to be a first, someone dropping their cell phone on the pod. I love that. <laughs> I love that. If you're out there listening, you are you, you got to have some cojones to dial that number. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you that you do. You better be ready. <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, uh, let's end it with your with your catchphrase. What do you always say, to people? That's right. That's right. Hashtag say what sales. If you're a salesperson, we're the same person. If this episode is interesting to you, please share your thoughts on LinkedIn or Twitter. Tag me and I might just feature your post in an upcoming episode of the Sales Career Podcast. Or if you want to connect directly, go to hopconsultinggroup.com and we'll find a way to work together. Cheers.